Are you ready to begin? I am. Hello. <laughs> this is Sad Girl Syllabus, a commentary on media through the ages. Each season, we have a new syllabus to dive into. I'm Bethany. And I'm Mary. And we are two girls. Too sad. Let's jump into the syllabus. <laughs> Hello, Mary. Hey, Bethany. <laughs> um, this is happy Saturday afternoon. <laughs> happy Saturday afternoon. We're here. It's a bright, sunny day. Yeah. We're going to talk about some more girl scammers. Girl, girl boss shit. Media about girl scammers. Yes. <laughs> of which there's so much. Oh, there is. Unlike the other episodes, we're not doing a watch along. This is just just a regular episode. Talking yeah. shit. <laughs> Shooting <laughs> the shit, talking shit. It would have been way too long to go through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Because today we have a whole movie, not a TV show this time. Full length feature. Hustlers, 2019. Yeah. JLo. Constance Wu. Who directed it? Um, it's I always forget her last name. It's like Lorraine Scarfino, something like that. She oh, uh Lorena Scafaria. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Muppetization of her name. Um <laughs> I was like, it sounds Italian. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is part of, or was, I guess it doesn't really exist anymore, but same with Elizabeth Merriweather. We talked in the dropout. It's like the vampire screenwriters um, of like early, late aughts, I guess, early yeah. 2010s. Um, also, vampire is like the same as a girl boss right it, like vampire is. is just the setting where girl bosses do their shit i know yeah, like whole empire um <laughs> uh, i think it might have been sort of a joke but it's hard yeah. to tell reading yeah. about it now it seems like they were semi-serious yeah um it's it's funny why i mean yeah it's funny all the brand name monikers i guess it's just like a function of like twitter and yeah social media and stuff Right. Because like ostensibly like Gloria Steinem and Jane Fonda, all of those ladies were like vampire ladies, but I don't know. Like it does seem like um it uh sort of downplays their work. <laughs> like it, it I mean if you were especially like someone like Gloria Steinem <laughs> and Jane Fonda, like it's like sort of um I guess because it is brand work, it like makes it feel real phony. Yeah. Yeah. It diminishes it. Yeah. Great. Cute. We're still here. <laughs> cute. Um, cute. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Infantilizes, cutes it up, makes it cutesy. Um, Cottage court influencers are not part of a vampire, I guess, because they are like um, digging their heels into like the traditional roles the traditional yeah, gender roles they want an empire in the traditional <laughs> sense 
Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. The feminine, the feminine mystique. Um, it's what we're all about (laughs) on sad girl syllabus. Um, but yeah, I am like continuing my spiral that I, I was in my mental spiral about like the construction of the feminine. (laughs) I like, I can't stop thinking about it for some reason. And, um, anyway, let's just get into it. Because my mind is still like going crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like went on. Um, I yeah, I was like getting to the bottom of shit when I was thinking through this article, <laughs> reading this article, because, of course, so Hustlers, the movie that came out in 2019 um, is based on yet another Jessica Pressler uh, feature story. Jessica um, Pressler owns the fucking market on these stories. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, she does. She has the majority market share. Um, uh, yeah, so, and prior, Inventing Anna on Netflix will have you believe that Jessica Pressler um, had to redeem her career with the Anna Delvey story. But in fact, her career had already been... Um, had already been redeemed from whatever weird like fact-checking snafu happened um, that I, we agreed was not actually that big of a deal, but whatever. I don't know. I didn't go to journalism school. I didn't learn like journalist like ethics. A 17 year old lied to you. Like who cares? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But anyway, she did already redeem her career prior to the- breaking the Anna Delvey story. And it was with this article, um, which is titled, uh, Hus- uh, the hustlers, the at, hustlers the scores. at scores, yeah. A modern Robin Hood story. The strippers who stole from mostly rich, usually disgusting men and gave to, well, themselves. She wrote this in 2015. Right. And then the movie it's came out in 2019. Yeah. Um, yeah, as noticed, starring J-Lo. This was like her comeback role. Um, <laughs> Constance Wu. And uh, lots of cameos of... yeah. Yeah. Oh, plethora of people. Um, yeah, the like sidekick strippers were uh, were people who have like been in, um, who've been in lots of stuff. Right. Like yeah. Kiki Palmer is in it. Yeah. Yeah, she is. I don't. I don't think that she is. <laughs> uh, that girl from Riverdale. And then there's like yeah. a Cardi B cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Lizzo, Usher. There's an Usher cameo. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah oh my gosh yeah everybody went crazy in the movie theater when usher came on screen i remember yeah. and then jessica pressler is played by uh julia styles right i was trying she's to not, remember that she's not she's, a super defined character she is no. not Anna. no yeah she's much less of a character in fact it's like they should not even really introduce like all of a sudden she's just in constant most character's house yeah yeah and some questions yeah okay julia styles thanks for mentioning that because i was thinking i kept thinking it was um claire danes i could not remember i was like is it claire danes is it but yeah they're easy to confuse they are (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah um what a i guess that's just a testament to jessica pressler's ability to tell stories that people yeah. want to dramatize these scam girls and also i think that people i think that people are, are um inspired because the story provokes ethical questions 
Um, Pressler like blurs a lot of lines. Um, Right. As she admits to in like, I think that's how the Hustlers article ends. It's like, but I still really like, you know, she lied to me this whole time. Like she's a liar. Yeah. Um, The real life woman Rose, I believe that Constant Wu's character is based on, but I you can't help but like her really like yeah she's a very likable person um and i mean i think as we both noted (laughs) this case in particular it's hard at least through a lot of their crime to be like upset at them you know like it's like it's pretty hard to be like like who cares steal their money yeah (laughs) exactly exactly um because you're thinking about like um you're thinking about like these do I mean I don't know for it's it's always funny to me when I when people speak when they moralize prostitution or when they moralize any kind of sex work um such as strippers which in in this case actually in this context like the the uh women Samantha Fox and Rosie, who are like the two main ringleaders in this true story, um, they are very careful to delineate that they are strippers yeah. and not prostitutes. Um, right. But in a larger sense, um, the stigma around sex work, uh, I, I it, it's obviously there, but then like there's also, I think that what am I trying to say? I think that a side effect of the stigma around sex work also like makes you think sleazy things about the clientele who's like going to who who is like purchasing air quotes (laughs) the service or whatever Mm -hmm. um and so which is also kind of like um um why in the movie you're just like yeah do it like i encourage this right and in the article and in the movie they they have this very interesting not interesting a very sad dynamic but interesting mm-hmm. dynamic that does kind of like also you're like yeah go for it it's like the men coming um to the strip club often also are very very negative very moralizing to the women working right there and are yeah. really shitty and say really awful and do really awful things to them yeah yeah and so they're getting dehumanized by these men. And yeah, as like, I, I thought this was like a really, I think Rosie kind of lays it out. They're giving you money, like in some way, like as a stripper, like you're manipulating them. Right. Even though they think that they're like in the source of power, at the, but, and yet like you're yeah. getting all their money from them, even while there's, they say that you're like say degrading stuff so they're also degrading themselves yeah you have like naturally you would have like a deep lack of respect for these men and yeah not want to and want to degrade them further or like take advantage of that yeah I mean I guess like it's it's like they are they are degrading the women so heavily because they're just like sublimating their own shame um, right. around like what they're doing or whatever. And, um, I don't know if everybody like stopped stigmatizing sex work, it would probably be like more pleasant for everyone involved. Safer. Yeah. Yes. And safer. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's really funny. The, in, the article 
continuously like offers these like blurred boundaries questions and stuff and then the movie um like depicts that in a in like with the vibes of like like the aesthetic of the whole thing it's just sort mm-hmm. of like you you are really like the characters um and and you really like the men are slime balls <laughs> The men are slime balls. Like there's like a <laughs> couple of exceptions, but basically yeah. all gross. Yeah. There's yeah. like one exception, I guess. Um, <laughs> and everyone else is just gross. Uh, but I guess we should actually describe yeah. the con, right? Like yeah. this game, yeah. which is that after working in strip clubs for a while, Rosie, who I'm de- is destiny has her name in the hustlers movie oh i can't Dor- remember like i think her name is dorothy but she goes by destiny anyway um constant Wu's character uh has left but then you know falls on hard times the father of her child is the shitbag and she kicks him out and she- so she has a, like a-, a young kid and not a lot of money and mm-hmm. goes back to start uh working at strip clubs again um but doesn't want to uh and then finds out JLo's character has been starting this scam in which um they basically are marketing is what they call it (laughs) doing sales for clubs um in which they get a man get him drunk and then get him to a strip club in which they negotiate a fraction of his sales and then that escalates because getting guys drunk is not like a sure thing. Mm-hmm. And so then they start drugging them. <laughs> <laughs> Dusting their drinks with MDMA and ketamine. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. MDMA. So they're feeling great. Ketamine. So they don't yeah. really fucking remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then they just like max out those cards. They get all their info. I could not believe um and and yeah usually like you would have to put sent for for uh because their credit lines were like 80k 60k you know so like when they were maxing out that's like a big fucking deal and they would often get caught like the club charging the card would get calls from the bank saying like is this a verified purchase you have to like provide the last four digits of your social security number things like that identity verifying things and in the article rosie said that she would just like casually ask those guys like what's your mom's maiden name (laughs) like she figured out you know the identity verifying questions that the banks would ask and then she would ask the men that when they were drugged and just like very easily extract that information because they didn't know better. <laughs> it, it was <laughs> like, it's kind of amazing. It is. It's an incredibly smart con. Um, and it's also, I can't believe like the amount that they were able to do the sort of the ease with yeah. which they could do it. And yeah, they came up with a system. Right. For how to like fish for the men like they would send some ex-prostitutes out to just like pick up dudes in bars and then introduce them to uh their sisters their friends <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh making a fool of men it's great it's very mythic true feels like um um 
feels like if we had the other 98% of Sappho's tablets, we would find this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or that's what I would like to believe. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. But if, if, and, and again, maybe this is just a testament to the, to the way that Pressler writes our articles, but it sounds like incredibly cinematic. It's, it's so unbelievable. Right. And you, there's also this like, right. They're against the backdrop of the 2008 recession. So the clubs aren't bringing in money. They're not bringing in money like they were. So this is like a jumpstart to the system again. Yeah. Um, And it is like, obviously these clubs knew what they were doing. Yeah. But that was fully, they were fully on board with that because they're bringing in so much fucking money. (sighs) Yeah. And didn't a couple club owners like get indicted? At least one got in actual trouble um, for like credit card fraud. Um, Susie is back Susie, again. Susie's back at the microphone trying to <laughs> lick the microphone, trying to lick my face. Anyway. Um, yeah, they like I remember seeing one dude was tr- like he was charged with a like illegal credit card credit charge card. kind of. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Though so kind of amazingly. And I think it's because, well, I think multiple reasons there wasn't like a they didn't get like in as much trouble as I imagine you would get into yeah. trouble when like they had much more minor terms like in um jail sentences yeah. than I I uh, imagine that they were yeah bad. yeah and, and I wonder if it's like it's so difficult to prove a lot of these cases a lot of mm-hmm. people would not come forward and say that these women right did this and th- yeah it's like how how you can probably not prove most of these. Yeah. And they were saying that was a big difficulty that the police had was getting people to testify, getting victims to testify because again, because most dudes didn't want to admit to be even going to strip clubs, but yeah, it's, um, it makes sense. Um, it makes sense why they would want to, um, they being like Hollywood, why they would want to dramatize it and make this turn this into a movie because it because it does sound so epic. Um, and this was at the um, so so yeah, it's it's it, it this kickstarts this like scam girl boss totally. um, dramatization. And I, in my eyes, at least, but and also, um. I was thinking about the timeline too. It's super interesting. Like 2015 is when, um, uh, or like 2013, 2014 is when they're getting arrested, when they're, they're con, the hustlers con starts to fall apart. 2014, 2015 is also when Elizabeth Holmes, um, when her con is being found out. I think hmm. um, the Wall Street Journal broke a story about Theranos being, uh, using like faulty, having faulty, test results in 2015 like at this around the same exact time that this um hustlers article came out mm-hmm. um and then and then two years later um nasty girl nasty gal um you realize that that's like whatever kind of scam it was 
MLM scam or whatever. Right. <laughs> and then yeah, and then 20- her workers like shit too. Yeah. Yeah, Anna Delvey gets arrested in 2017. Uh and it so it really feels like that's the moment um um entering that new decade is the moment when all the it's like the decade prior is when all these women are like building themselves up, building their empire, mm-hmm. becoming girl bosses and then um and then it all it all falls apart. And I don't know, it just like um it just feels how did I say this in the uh oh yeah, I wrote this in the notes like basically um like I don't know, people I feel like people will use will look at all of these like girl boss scams gone wrong or like being found out and people will sort of use that as um, sexist people will use that as like a confirmation bias to say like, well, obviously women can't do business because they're just like lying and cheating and scamming their way through. And, you know, it's just going to yeah, it's just going to further the prejudice against against like women in business and stuff. Um, But like what you don't what people are not realizing, uh, uh, the majority of people probably do realize this, um, but like men are doing the same thing and just get away with it everybody's everybody is evil and lying well i mean right so you have this on the back of the 2008 recession in which um banks have fucked hundreds of people over and mostly that is a very as we know finance is a Mm male-dominated industry and so you have i mean look i watched the big short okay i understand the (laughs) issue Uh, (laughs) um i watched margin call i've never seen the big short but i have seen margin call (laughs) So you do have like these literal criminals and these corporations getting yeah. bailed out by the government, yeah. facing absolutely no repercussions to what they did, which was scamming people yeah. into buying things that they had no idea that they, what they were actually getting. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the, these women, but <laughs> they rob a few rich dudes. Okay. Who cares? <laughs> Well, okay. That was also something that I was thinking about too. Cause like, um, I was thinking about, well, you posed this question, like what is, what's like, let's com- do some comparisons right? Um, between all of these, um, Scamsters. these, yeah. And, and the way that they're depicted and like, um, and Anna is basically the same as the hustlers in my mind. Um, just like stealing money from wealthy people. Um, is all Anna's doing. She is perceived as way worse, I think, because, mm-hmm. or like people like find her appalling because she um, stole from her friend and like took advantage of her friend. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it would be, di- again, I'm fully on Anna Delvey's side. I hate Rachel Williams, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like if Rachel Williams, you know, like hadn't, um, uh coordinated her sting operation and you know like didn't like if she didn't capitalize so well off of that I probably would have it probably would have demonized Anna in my mind as well um Mm -hmm. it's been like wow like this innocent person was taken advantage of and all this and she must have been so scared she was swindled whatever whatever um but but yeah but that's basically the the narrative that they've that the media has constructed around Anna um and that and like when Rachel Williams published her book or and the the vanity fair article prior um that was definitely the like the story 
Um, but Anna is no different. She, whatever, stole from rich dudes in New York. <laughs> like it's, it's the same thing as the hustlers. Elizabeth Holmes is also like, is defrauding extremely wealthy people, mm-hmm. old dudes, which this is what we talked about in that first Elizabeth Holmes episode that we did not watching the dropout, but like way back in last yeah. fall. Um, like she's stealing from old dudes and like selling them a dream to like live forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a point that you made, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like um, immortality vampire Silicon Valley. I mean. Yeah. And, um, but Elizabeth Holmes crosses a line when she's, um, giving false test results, right. Falsifying health stuff to people, to real patients, real sick Which people they're paying for, you know, like, right. Starts, essentially she starts yeah, defrauding just regular people um and also giving them yeah fucking fake medical results which is worse but yeah um, yeah so she there's a line with elizabeth that yeah okay this Uh, but then also like the hustlers the line that they cross is like drugging them (laughs) like they're drugging these men and so there's there's a boundary with elizabeth holmes and the hustlers there's a line that they definitely do cross into like unethical into immorality but to me that's like what they should be indicted on I don't I don't like grand larceny whatever what the fuck (laughs) like it doesn't (laughs) like why why charge these women with grand larceny and that and yet like bail out wall street during the recession like to me that's the biggest incongruity let girl bosses girl boss (laughs) I think I will say for hustlers, because I feel like just they could maybe exist in a world where they weren't like doing this girl boss thing, but they were just running this scheme. But they have like made it part of the narrative. Like Rosie all the time is talking about like, I am a like, I could be a CFO. I was the CFO. Yeah. Like, and I could be on Wall Street. Like if I, if I grew up, she says in interviews, like, had I grown up differently, maybe I'd be on Wall Street. Yeah. You know, like she definitely portrays herself as girl boss, which is the same across the board with Anna and Elizabeth, too. Right. I did this. It's my own smarts. I'm a genius. Right. There is even with the like accepting the blame in some instances, they always reiterate that they are smart and they are competent. Mm-hmm. don't you mm-hmm. don't fucking forget it you know like this wasn't a failure mm-hmm. of my intelligence necessarily or yeah. my my ability to do business it was I got I went too far I like you know like I yeah. did ex- you know like I just went a little too much I should have been reined in yeah but um so which I think is like I mean, you have to have a good amount of ego to pull off one of these scams. You yeah, do. You do. You have to have like a good amount of confidence, <laughs> which is one thing I did think was missing in the Hustlers movie mm. from watching interviews with Rosie. And obviously it's not a one-to-one portrayal, right? But yeah. Constance Wu to me just does not carry hmm. that confidence in this movie. Like I didn't believe that she'd come up with these scams really. She seemed more of a like a sideline character too. And notably, I maybe that's not 
totally her fault and just that it's like really hard to be as charismatic next to JLo. That's true. Like JLo is a fucking force, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. she is all confidence, all charm. Yeah. And is a really good performer. Yeah. And so then like when you have someone who's maybe not as like a performer performer in that way, like so audacious, it really like it, you can tell. Yeah. Like it just, it, yeah. it the contrast becomes stark. I yeah. find watching Hustlers. Yeah. I was like, I just don't believe Constant Wu is pulling off these scams. I don't. Yeah. And I, and, and it's, it's true that she, it does feel, um, you make a good point. I, I agree with you. And it also feels like she was written to be less of a ringleader and more yes. of like going along with whatever JLo was saying. Whereas mm-hmm. in the article, it's, it's definitely different. Um, right. She's coming up with like, okay, how do we improve this yeah. operation? Like this, you know, is much more, yeah, she's much more equally in charge. Um, yeah. And portrays herself as such because yeah. she wants to. Um, then also like says a weird thing, like saying all of this is false. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Well, yeah, right. So at the end of the article, the fact checkers for New York <laughs> Magazine, Jessica, watch out, um, call... <laughs> call Rosie and are like okay just confirming these things and she's like no I lied the whole time none of the not everything I said was fake and Uh, Jessica Pressler like calls her and is like okay well that's not true because like all the stuff you've said has multiple eyewitnesses corroborating the facts so that (laughs) can't possibly be true that it's all false and she's like well you can write the story that's totally fake that I made up to tell you if you want okay It's like so amazing. It's so funny. I yeah. <laughs> but also, like, didn't she like Rosie is the one who like took the plea deal? She did she, take like, the plea deal. So she also testified that I don't know. It's so funny. It's again, it's just cinematic. It's like, what the hell is real? What <laughs> <sighs> yeah. And that's and it was it, the same thing, like Netflix really played that up with like based on with the inventing Anna they were just like based on a true story except for the parts that are totally made up (laughs) every episode yeah right Um, you gotta you gotta make them into myth right yeah um yeah it's such a which like I guess maybe that's also because again, why are there so many of these biopics coming out? And not just about the scammers. It's also like the Spencer biopic, the mm-hmm. Pam and Tommy. Um, and isn't Dope Sick, which is also on Hulu, like about the, loosely about Sa- the Sackler family, but it's like not. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, more about their victims, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the lawsuit against them. Um, so it's just... It, like people there's um every production company is trying to like make these make these these based on a true story kind of thing and it's like either does that mean like storytelling is really sick or like (laughs) and like can't do itself I can't like do like come up with new stories or it's just like we live in the most interesting times ever and we (laughs) Mm. Uh, I do think yeah. there's like a dearth of things that it, if it essentially, if it doesn't have an existing IP, which oh. these stories have uh, proven to have like essentially an IP, like they have a story that was popular, yeah. it's not going to get made. Yeah. Um, or it's really, really difficult 
to get made if it doesn't have a fan base that you can already cultivate that's true um which all of these kind of have i think nostalgia is a huge factor in these um definitely with the dropout and pam and tommy yeah and Um, like even in hustlers there's like a big focus on like the juicy track sweats that they're wearing usher right (laughs) like certain haircuts and fucking piercings and like certain looks that they like to focus on and you can also play with um play with truth and fiction too i think that the production companies like that where they're just like mostly based on true story kind of thing it's Um, relatively true (laughs) (laughs) um and i think that also like with the well this is maybe getting a little bit off track here but like with the spencer thing like they really wanted to um be uh, like pump up this like sad wife martyr Mm. public martyr woman and they really wanted to play with like the psychological torment and diana's story definitely offers that up but they take creative liberty so that they can play up the like the mental illness and stuff yeah they i mean they do that a bit in hustlers too Right. right with um Constance Wu's character's backstory and then the way J-Lo talks about her as being at the end of being like well really she's just the sad lonely little girl <laughs> who thought she was yeah. who did this because not for the money because she thought she was making friends <laughs> that's what J-Lo says in it well and it's like I, I don't know like some of that elements of her yeah. past are true, right? Like her parents left her with her yeah. grandparents, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> the sad girl origin sad story. Girl. <laughs> sad There's... girl to scammer pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. <sighs> yeah. Ultimately, that is such a. That's such a a piece of this like mythologizing is just like well these women like where did it all go wrong why did they do the things they did because they were just just sad they're lonely (laughs) they needed the money because they were lonely rather than just like you know they're fucking ruthless and it's fine because so are the guys everyone is yeah everyone is ruthless yeah my favorite part of the movie is at the end when j-lo gets uh arrested right and she's getting oh, yeah. money yeah out of the atm of a shitty atm on the side of a bodega and there's a man walking out of the bodega as she's like turning around with her hands up and all these cops have guns and he has a face as if absolutely fucking nothing is going on around him. he's just like that extra was put in, in post <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't I was like, I know it's New York, but I feel like you'd be like, going back inside. Like, <laughs> I'm just walking by and there's like 20 cops with guns. Yeah. I'm just walking. Yeah. I don't know what I, if I would hide or like try to just like leave as soon as possible. Yeah, <laughs> run. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, so scary. Like, is this for me? Uh <laughs> 
do I need to put my hands up? Do I need to surrender? (laughs) I was just buying some plantain chips. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I do. Yeah. People are definitely like um, trying to. I think it's a mixture of both the people who are involved in the real life story and the people and the production company people who are writing these stories to like capitalize on sadness and the origin story, which like it's true of women, but it's also true of dudes too. I mean, the Joker franchise, like how many fucking Joker movies can they make? Like why? Oh my God. But, and again, like, okay. So it seems like everybody wants to make the Joker a sad girl. Yeah, they Um, do. And so it's just, again, like this obsession with sad girl. I know. I mean, the joke, I, this is a road we cannot go down because I would talk too much about it. The amount of fucking Joker. And now they have the new one coming out where yeah. he's like deformed. Yeah. Well, is it, that's a, wait, have you seen that scene? Because I've seen that scene sort of <laughs> against my will. Um, but it's like a deleted scene. Like it's not even in the fucking Oh, jeez. Oh my God. Everyone is crazy for the goddamn Joker. <laughs> And they do. They just are like, I'm even thinking about back to like Nolan Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, he's lying. Maybe you don't know because he's so mysterious and Joker like. But, you know, he's like, how'd I get these scars? My dad was a bad man. (laughs) (laughs) You got to have the sad origin story. And it's like, why not just let them be bad? Bad. Well, and okay, so here's what I think. Okay, so you know how like, um, and I've said this before, or we've said this before on the show, but like there's nine stories in all of human history that just get retold. And and one of them is the Joker. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, because like, that's also the Phantom story. Like it is the phantom. everything yeah. about the Phantom of the Opera is that like, oh, well, actually, he's just deformed. Uh, <laughs> and he was a sad orphan boy or something. Right. And Heathcliff is made to be justified because he was a sad orphan. Richard the um, third. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that it's just I think that people maybe like the villain origin story was dormant for a long time. And then the Batman returns or the Dark Knight or whatever, I, whichever Don't the fuck one it was, <laughs> um, is like brings it to the fore a little bit. And everybody's just like, oh, yeah, villain origin story. Oh, yeah. Like, blah, like, where did it all go wrong? It went wrong when they were 12 and got rejected for the dodgeball team, you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, we're also obsessed with serial killers. And some yeah. of that fascination is like. How did yeah. you get this way? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, but it's also, but, and, and it, again, it comes back to this question of like, um, so why are the girl boss, like, why mm-hmm. did the girl bosses need to have these origin stories though? Um, I mean, the, it makes a little bit more sense with Elizabeth Holmes. That's a much more compelling story to me. Um, but it's just like, so what they were doing grand larceny. Like literally like the line, like uh, so 
are the banks. So is the Federal Reserve doing grand larceny, like, and, and with much greater consequences, like the, like the 2008 recession, like robbed normal citizens, regular American citizens of their money, of their mortgages, you know? Um, so it's, it's just sort of like, why does this have to be, um, like, why is that like a villain story? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I know. It's like, I feel like the villain story should come after 2008 in which a normal person has lost their job and the person who the the corporations that's caused them to lose their job face no absolutely no fucking repercussions jesus christ i can talk um that's where the villain story is come on that's really true no what (laughs) the new spider-man series I think the first one, I do actually think that that is the plot of the first. I mean, it's not the 2008 recession, but it's like Michael Keaton has lost his job to like Tony Stark or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Marvel has ruined my brain too. (sighs) Uh, Fuck. It's good though. I mean, now is the time that we're, you know, what, like 15 years on now's the time to start making those stories. True. You know, one girl boss origin story that I realized we haven't talked about on this, possibly because I have not seen the movie, but is the Cruella movie they made. Oh, my that God. That is a girl boss origin it story. It is a girl boss origin story. And it's, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I, I refuse. <laughs> but yeah, it is. Do you know what happens in that movie? Um, I've, I've heard about it. I remember the Red Scare podcast said that it oh. was uh it was like lady joker yeah i just know that her mom i think is killed by dalmatians running her off a cliff oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i can't i did know that at one point i forgot oh my fucking god and it's like i've seen that is all i've seen of the movie is that clip and it's incredible i can't believe i haven't seen the rest based on that and it's still disney right it is disney yeah which again disney loves dead mom stories oh yeah you gotta kill the mom <laughs> <laughs> um which maybe that also feels like wait whoa that feels like a psyop on disney's part for like saying like everything bad everything like notable in a person's life happens when you kill the mother which is like maybe a commentary on like gender roles (laughs) um a a child needs a mother and a father Mm. look what happens when you only have Mm. one yeah Yeah. no it seems like a family uh, family values psyop (laughs) i believe it I actually do believe it. That is a conspiracy theory that I'm willing to explore. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like, yeah, the heart of the sad girl vibe, um, the sad girl genre is like, it will always, uh, sad girl like could always evolve into, into a villain. Uh, yeah, how do you keep yourself from evolving into the villain? Everybody has choices. There's a moment where you have to choose. Sad girl or girl boss. 
like the matrix red or blue pill except not in celly <laughs> <laughs> well i guess sort of yeah oh my god that's the other that's the other question like is elizabeth holmes an incel mm. uh, <laughs> you can make a whole like flow chart out of this like how like evolution of the sad girl yeah um <laughs> Uh, but and and yeah but can't ignore though like literary I mean that's maybe that this is also an answer to my question of like why do these biopics keep getting made like the Joker um and the villain origin story like had a revival and Mm -hmm. and yet here we are with like real life people who are like doing crazy things because they're so ruthless Right. And people maybe think that like um, people maybe think that it's normal for Wall Street to scam everybody. And so therefore it's like really crazy that um, that like women would just. One could pose the question of like, OK, Rosie, like um, you clearly like. Had a lot of things, a lot of barriers to working on Wall Street. Uh, when you started making money from stripping, like, could you have like put that money into, uh, into like getting an associate's degree to like become a day trader or something, you know, like people could, people could definitely like pose that question. Um, and it would be valid, but, and she also mentions herself that like, she kept saying to herself that she was going to stop when she hit a certain monetary goalpost and then just couldn't stop. It was just like, so addicting. Right. Cause it's like, okay, I make a hundred thousand and then I'll be out. And it's like, okay, one more a hundred thousand. Yeah. Oh, wow. That came really fast. Okay. Like I have to make a million now, you know, yeah. like there is like within that story, there is a story of like revenge, yeah. a desire for some revenge, I think against people who have treated you badly. Yeah. And like uh, maybe an inability to stop that mm-hmm. that feeling and that the the gratuity of you know getting one up on someone who's been mm-hmm. an asshole to you. Yeah. Yeah, and feeling like you've been vindicated, mm-hmm. um, finally getting justice and getting money. I mean, obviously, money is an incredibly yeah attractive yeah uh force but i do think there is yeah some like vindication too that's a yeah. desire there mm-hmm. um do you want to talk about jessica pressler now yeah let's do it i mean i think we kind of did it's just to me it is fascinating that she within these girl scammer stories she has like dominant dominated two of the biggest ones um and makes characters based on her make appearances in both of them Mm -hmm. i would say obviously bigger character in ventiana she is the main character um though curious that yeah that character gets her name changed no one else in ventiana gets their name changed um in hustlers everyone's name is changed and her character is a lot 
less involved. I do think her character is treated more suspiciously in in Hustlers. Hustlers. Yeah. I think she is definitely you don't empathize with her really at all. Like she is just a person there to ask questions. Yeah. And yeah. she is conniving. She you can see her being very manipulative in it. Mm-hmm. You know, she plays mm-hmm. the like, well, you know, JLo's character, who I can't remember the name of, <laughs> but they give her the movie, but Samantha yeah. Fox, you know, basically. Well, yeah. she told me, you know, all of this and she told me why you did it. And she's like, oh. Like, what is she saying about me? You know, like, da, da, yeah. da, da, da. but yeah. um, it's just interesting. I don't know. It's just like, how the fuck does, do you have a career like that? That's crazy for a journalist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, massive productions around her shit. It is pretty crazy. Um, I feel like it's funny. It's like in, in Hustlers, um, I feel like, putting the journalist as like the go-between or the middleman with these two women who used to be best friends and are feuding is like sort of meant to humanize the whole, Mm -hmm. the, the fallout of the conflict and saying like these women used to be friends, something happened. And then there's someone who's, who's like a middleman and, and they're, they're both like, Oh shit. What, like, what's that bitch saying? And like, you know, they, but it's really like a bid, um, uh, a subconscious bid for like a connection to, the former friend yeah um, right it's a it's a it's a yeah it's a middleman like it is a pathway to that person that you mm-hmm. no longer have this connection with so it's like mm-hmm. well, how's she doing you know yeah. also yeah like, what is she saying about me is she okay yeah um that actually i thought was probably the strongest part of the movie hmm. i did also like that they don't inventing anna there is this like there's often like a glamorization of journalists or at mm. least um, like nobilization, I think, of yeah. how journalists operate, which I think is apparent in Inventing Anna. Yeah, for sure. And that's not in Hustlers, which I thought was good. Like the pretty common everyday things, uncomfortable often yeah. and can be like pretty fucking manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. And- so and pushy awesome. and really pushy yeah, yeah invasive and sort of shitty yeah yeah <laughs> I always think like I can never be a journalist like a hardcore especially not an investigative journalist because I'm I'm not it's so far from my normal behavior no my voice would start shaking and I'd get <laughs> they'd hang up on me immediately like, I'd be like hi um I'm sorry I'm sorry but uh can you please return my calls <laughs> yeah sorry you don't have to answer it's okay don't worry about it <laughs> Um, yeah, but Netflix does like, is doing too much. (laughs) Netflix does way too much with inventing Anna and like trying to do this, like meta, like subplot, trying to turn her story, Jessica Pressler's into a whole subplot of the thing, which is another commentary on like girl bossery. I think, um, again, like warping her timeline to be like, I have to have this baby. I have to redeem my career before I have my baby. And it's like a whole commentary on like having it all. And I just thought was stupid. Right. Which she does like, she, do, I mean, she does get to have it all right. Like, yeah. even though it's difficult, there's constraints on her time. She 
in the end is like incredibly successful and she has a, a great family life. You know, she has a newborn and a very supportive husband. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it is disingenuous. I think, yeah. I think it's just so disingenuous. Yeah. To the, the actual hardship that women who have kids and are in the workforce are actually put through yeah and I think that it it makes everybody it perpetuates the myth that first it was a myth of like you can have it all Mm -hmm. and like you don't need to you can like do this and and like freeze your eggs and then you can have babies when you're 40 or something you know like there's it got really out of hand that way and now there's such a um, it feels like an ought to like an ought statement. Like you should, you should want to have it all as a woman. And like, you are not ambitious if you don't pursue both a successful career and a fulfilling family life or something. And, um, and it, that just seems like a, it seems like a stupid way to write that story. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Netflix. It's really odd. Um, yeah, you're totally right. It's like, you should at least try, (laughs) but that's your duty as a woman. Um, and it is like, there are questions that don't really add up and they're meant to, you know, like, even if you're a relatively successful journalist, but at that time, as we're displayed in, in the Netflix story, the Vivian Kent character isn't a successful journalist. She's had a huge career fall through so i can't imagine she's making very much money um i don't know what yeah right i don't know what know what her husband does i don't think that's ever discussed Mm -mm. who's taking care of the baby do they have a nanny can they afford that is he home full-time taking care of the baby like what what's going on because she isn't yeah so it's like for an actual person there would be like way more complications um but you know she wrote the article she saved her career and she had a baby (laughs) it's that easy people come on listen up ladies it's so easy (laughs) yeah it felt largely unresolved it felt like they opened a can of worms and and just like left it unresolved um like didn't know how to close it up maybe it was my speculation is also like maybe it was like here's a girl boss who like did everything by the by the rules followed the rules and was able to be a girl boss and anna scammed her way through and couldn't and now she has to go to jail uh (laughs) you either get a kid at the end of it or you go to jail those are the options and sometimes they're they feel like the same thing I mean, because that's the other thing you hear a lot of people, a lot of women like influencers and stuff um, who are just like, why does nobody ever write a story about like the insane transition that happens when you like become a mother for the first time? Mm -hmm. Like that's a pretty dramatic shift to a woman's life. But like nobody's going to fucking write that story. (laughs) Right. Or portray that story as it really is. Right. And give it its due. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah people should write about fucking women who become mothers and like their girl bossery just like <laughs> becoming a mom the girl boss mom generation 
boss baby mama <laughs> there is that boss, boss baby, baby movie i hate that movie i've seen it many times really no i haven't seen it myself i've seen it on planes other people watching it oh. and they're always grown adults without kids and it's like choose another oh, movie my friend that's... i am judging you for this that's so <laughs> fucked up i've seen it like multiple times watching over someone's shoulder on <laughs> oh my god oh that's so freakish i hate that movie <laughs> yeah something is wrong with people who would like willfully choose to watch that uh <laughs> there's another well this also might be opening a can of worms but a movie i did recently watch on a plane um was also about essentially a girl boss scammer house of gucci oh yeah <laughs> wow i just i have nothing really um great to say about that movie like i don't think i can really talk about it but it's interesting that 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 is also a real life mm-hmm. um story dramatized mm-hmm. and i don't think they know what to do with that character actually and they like kind of at first it's she's portrayed one way and then she's almost out of the movie by the end you know like it doesn't really make sense hmm. but so what is happening in house of gucci it's oh, just so, like the rise of the design house no so they're already an established oh. design house oh. and in fact they're kind of not falling on hard times but being viewed as old and like mm. stagnant and not doing as well um lady gaga's characters patricia um and she marries the like heir apparent to the gucci line and she's comes from just like a middle class normal family and kind of like essentially through some of her mechanisms gets adam driver her husband um to write other people out of the company other relatives and like take over fully um but then that you know um destroys their relationship eventually too Hmm. anyways in real life patricia gucci had her husband assassinated (gasps) (laughs) i did not know that oh my god spoilers (laughs) obviously that is in the movie um it is it's just a, it, everyone's doing an italian accent they're all different italian accents oh my god it also has jeremy irons and al pacino in it both of whom could never do an accent to save their lives so <laughs> why you would ask them to do it then an italian accent on none accents are so, oh my god yeah so stupid um um I thought about Emma Watson for a second. Uh, anyway, <laughs> like, don't cast her. You know she can't play an American. Um, wow. Yeah. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Don't they do the the sign of the cross? They're like no. father, son, and house of Gucci. And the house of Gucci. <laughs> a vampire. Oh yeah. I mean, it doesn't go great for her. Yeah. But I mean, it is this 
I kind of wish with both Hustlers and House of Gucci that it was like a little more dramatic in some ways. Like I do mm. want it to be like more Shakespearean. Yeah, I just want it to be like, I mean, especially with that one, it seems like this is the end of the line, right? Like Gucci's mm. never come back from this. There's no Gucci family in in control of the company yeah right yeah um so make it a little more shakespearean come on yeah i want to see the rise and fall yeah hmm because it already exists as like a shakespeare drama exactly like the, the real life story has offered has offered that up interesting thanks all we do is hustle a diva is a female version of a hustler. These are the the rules we live by. The laws, the law. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that it's. Um, I wonder how it's going to go from here on out. Like because uh, there's all like. There's this sense that that people like Elizabeth Holmes have like betrayed women everywhere now mm. because and like and and set women back actually because um now people are going to like look at like female CEOs or the the anxiety is that people are going to look at female CEOs with like suspicion um and, right, hard, like, and even harsher scrutiny maybe like you're the one of the few who was able to make it like you you got past the glass ceiling or whatever yeah and you fucking wrecked it for the rest of us yeah Hmm. yeah and um and sort of like where are women supposed to go from here how are women supposed to like there's going to be even more um tests given to women kind of thing implicitly um yeah and that that is at least expressed by um, Phyllis Gardner, the the Stanford professor in the dropout. Mm. Um, and I think that that's I think that's pretty much everybody's read on it. Like a lot of a lot of ladies, a lot of millennial women were like, oh, my God, damn, I was like really rooting for Elizabeth Holmes because she was like really doing it. But like, was she, though? She was also pretending to be a dude. <laughs> right. She was like, you know, with the with the guys. Yeah. <laughs> um so I don't know. I don't know what is post girl boss. That's the other thing too is now it's like so I mean girl boss like girl bosses are chuggy now. If we're going by <laughs> If we're going by like temperature checks the like yeah. uh, now that we've officially like gone through the vibe shift or whatever. Um and like Gen Z is in charge. I don't know. <laughs> there is the that girl phenomena. You know what I'm talking about? It is that girl different from it girl? I think it's the same thing. Okay. Are you like, oh, I'm that girl? Like, oh, yeah. And that to me, it's like, you know, it's the woman who has it all. She has her mental health under control. She understands f- her finances. Like she um, works out and is fit. Uh, she drinks lemon water in the morning. Um, you know, she's yeah. an influencer. Yeah. And to me, that is 
girl bossy, but you just work for yourself. Yeah. (laughs) True. True. It's, I feel like there is always going to be some level of cultural success, cultural ideas of success. Yeah. And I mean, maybe one day we'll be past this, but I do think women will be held to different standards. And so there'll be like a different level of success for women, even if it's not girl boss, like we see it now or have seen it in the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not to be pessimistic. No, but it's true. It's, it's true. Like there's always, um, Maybe it's it's just like a curse of every generation with every like turning of the cycle. There's just always like, how are women ever going to get out of the cycle kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is the girl boss will never leave us. She's always here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But there is go like it does seem like there's always going to be at least in our capitalistic Western society. Um an unachievable like level of success that you're being held mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. yeah or that you're being told is achievable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think I guess is worse <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah well and like and then it gets I don't know the uh, the girl boss thing got like really this this myth that you tell young girls to like you want to encourage young girls to be ambitious because um you know you can do anything you can be in the c-suite you can be a woman in the c-suite and then of course it gets intersectional and it's like you can be a black woman in the c-suite and stuff and like you um and and it and 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 it turns a lot of women um with intersecting identities like it makes them that pushes their ambition a lot a lot of times not to say that their ambition isn't made up of like their own true career passions as well but the identity does factor into it to be like, well, I'm going to be a role model for young women mm. everywhere. And, um, but that can also warp things too. Like it's, um, I don't know. I think that people had a lot of contempt for Hillary Clinton because it was just like, people are only uh, like, people want to see the glass ceiling shattered. And so they don't like actually care about like, who's actually leading the country kind of thing. Like that was a major narrative for a lot of um, uh a lot of anti-Hillary people, whether that was mm-hmm. like on the conservative side or like Bernie bro side kind of thing. Um, and, and then there was also like, and, and th- that was a big blow to like the girl, but that was like death of the girl boss is like when Hillary Clinton lost the presidential election, but then or a lot of people yeah, conceived of it that way. The burner pantsuits and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Wasn't that amazing. Anyway, sorry, um, keep going. But then there's, and then there was also like something, I don't know, there was something like really weird and gross about like when Kamala Harris became vice president and they were just like, everybody was super, you know, um, celebratory, like I understand the celebration of the Biden administration from the angle of like, okay, but Trump is Trump's term is over. Um, I don't really understand like celebrating Biden and Kamala Harris (laughs) like in and of themselves, but it like became really gross. This whole like, okay, well now I can show my girls, like my little girl that a a woman can do anything. And like, I I don't know. It just, it, it felt like it was, um, 
not that the uh, the the results of the election were engineered, but like that election, the media narrative around the election, yeah. engineered to be like little girls can do anything, little girls can right. be in the White House, kind of thing. And it's just like she's also like a cop who <laughs> top cop, <laughs> yeah, in her own words. Um, my little girl can be top cop too. Yeah, and it and and no. yeah, it just it um that's just the ills of identity politics like yeah i mean it's performative yeah know? and that's why people have such a reaction against girl boss too i think now people are realizing like oh identity politics actually haven't gotten us anywhere yeah <sighs> <laughs> anyway not to be downers but this is the sad girl syllabus exactly if it doesn't end in tears what's the point Uh, yeah women should still be ambitious though you know i do find it i find it personally hard to divorce ambition from my own ambition from also like really negative stuff that's been fed to me negative capitalistic norms like girl bossery Mm -hmm. basically and i find myself thinking that shit sometimes and it's like okay like what 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 is my ambition outside of what is ambition outside of that And that's a really hard question for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people, I think that generally in the postmodern times that we are now living in, people generally have a hard time figuring out their own purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, People are told what they should want all the time. And I think that it is really, really hard um, for anybody who has an identity. And I mean that in terms of like largely white dudes don't have the identity, you know, because they are the thing that everything else is mapped onto. Right. Built around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and if you are a woman in business, you're a you're a woman in business. If you're and and like that's your like main accolade. And it's just like, well, my purpose was to like do X, Y, and Z, like push this vision through for this company, like not necessarily to be like the woman to do it. And I know that the same goes for people who have, who are constantly being qualified by like, well, I'm the first Latina, like poet laureate or whatever, or like, I'm the first black woman president of this thing. Like if, yeah, it's your, you get the every time that that is reinforced, like the identity is reinforced, then it becomes like, okay, so, so what she just had to do all this stuff because she was like being like, again, like is her ambition fueled by being a role model um, and needing to be a role model role model, or was she um, driven by her own sense of purpose and like her own desire. But I do think that it's, it's hard for everybody alive right now to like, you know, nobody is taught in school how to, how to like find their purpose, um, and work toward it. And people are only taught to like succeed for the sake of success. Well, I don't know. I went to Jesuit school and they're all about (laughs) your convocation. Okay. (laughs) Lord teach waspies will never understand. (laughs) Uh, anybody who didn't, what did God tell you about your job? Okay. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, and that also maybe, I mean, that's an interesting thing. Maybe that's why like spirituality is also like sort of having a comeback too, because you see this in, um, with popular astrology as well, is people are just like, look to your astrology chart. That's going to give you your life's purpose. Like interrogate Mm -hmm. these things because you were born with X, Y, Z gifts in this area of life. And that's going to inform how you, um, how you do this. I mean, I think that people are latching on more toward a spiritual life because, because, a spiritual life will, and I truly do believe this, like a strong spiritual life, whatever the practice is, will teach you about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's, you're not going to get that in like a purely secular context. Yeah, I think that's very true. That's my soapbox. <laughs> I'm God, everybody. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's not, that's not what we said. That is not what Bethany said. That's how we end. <laughs> Find Jesus. You heathens. Not what Bethany said. <laughs> Bethany, the youth group, the youth minister. Oh, that haunts me forever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I told you. Yeah, it's fine. Um, that's my vocation in life, clearly. Just kidding. <laughs> um, youth yeah. group grifter. Girl bosses are godless human beings. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, spiritual emptiness is real. So, you know, (laughs) maybe that is how we're going to end it. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) On that uplifting note. Goodbye. <laughs> oh my God, Susie's come back. Thumping into the mic. Yeah. Oh wait. You know. You know who are really good girl bosses. Who? Um. And then and then we can end the conversation. But um, who are really great girl bosses who are not spiritually empty? Witches. <laughs> They're and- girl bosses. <laughs> Yes, which is absolutely our girl bosses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about those memes that are like women dancing naked in the forest, like doing like some satanic ritual kind of thing. And it's just like not a single cell phone in sight. Just <laughs> five girls living in the moment. <laughs> being girl bosses girl bosses satanic girl bosses <laughs> love it very goth <laughs> um yeah well that's it <laughs> a much happier note to end on so <laughs> later <laughs> we'll have more girl boss stuff coming up we're not done yet mostly because the dropout hasn't had their finale yet so <laughs> We'll keep going. There's a plethora of girl boss. Yeah. Stuff out there now. So yeah. as we've talked about. Yeah. Ponzi schemes. Mm-hmm. Next. Oh my God. Also bad vegan on Netflix. Oh my God. Jesus. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll be stop. able to. Yeah. Watch it. Hasn't, that, but they don't no. stop. Yeah. It hasn't crested yet. The endless docuseries. Ugh.
All right. Well, catch you later next week. Bye. Bye.